This empty chair represents the addict who died today, not knowing recovery was possible. episode of the empty chair the live podcast for the addict that did not know recovery was possible um tonight's show is dedicated to george misuis calderon why don't you tell us a little bit about george before we start the show um george is a young adult that um reached out to leaving the streets for help and he reached out through our facebook and message leaving the streets and those those messages go directly to my wife that's the mm-hmm. co-owner of leaving the streets and um he said he was homeless you know he got kicked out of his home in the middle of a storm um that he was um going back and forth with his parents you know um so when he reached out to wanda wanda woke me up like at two in the morning said go get him let's put him in a hotel so we did woke him up and um we brought him to the center and he was uh he became in an amazing prodigy with us. Mm-hmm. You know, he was with us, putting in work, getting kids off the streets. He has so much energy to get kids out of the streets, even when his life was a mess. Yeah. Even when he didn't have his own life in order, he always cared about the other person that was struggling. Yeah. So whether you were struggling with gangs, drugs, addiction, stealing, homelessness, didn't matter. They'll bring them to leaving the streets. We will come, we will pray for them, we will build with them, find nice. out their situations, while they will do the intake. And when we got the location that leaving the streets, we didn't have an occupancy yet. Um, so we had to build this. The, the building inspector says, you got to build a handicap bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I said, wow. Um, so we didn't have this information. We just wanted a room to have a support group. So yeah. when we first got the locations, you know, I'm sitting with George in the inside the center and i said honey i got the lease you know she was super excited but she's like um how we're gonna pay the rent i said i didn't think that far (laughs) (laughs) so george just starts laughing he's like really you didn't think i said no but i trust god god told me to move so i'm gonna move you know i trust i trust in his gifts i trust in his strength you know if he if he did what he did in my life from prison i know this is little for as big as he is. Amen. Then I get a call same day from a church, New Life, for some ways of God. Amen. They said, um, Jesus, I want you to come down. I'm having a board meeting in the basement. I want you to come down to the basement. I said, Pastor, um, I said, when I invited somebody to a basement, it didn't turn out so good. <laughs> I said, he was like, no, it's not that type of party. Yep. So, you know, he starts laughing. When I went down, they said they wanted to pay the rent for a year. Mm-hmm. So it was already part of the plan. So I told George, he was super excited because he, he's not someone that walked with God. He didn't have that faith, mm. but, and but he the, saw something. He saw something. He's like, it's something different. Yep. And he's like, I feel so comfortable with you. I feel like yeah. I can do anything. I said, it's not me for that comfort with. It's the one that lives inside of me that you don't know. That's right. So when I start speaking about the Holy spirit and God and the way it moves, yeah. he's like, um, I told him, um, I asked him, if he wanted to be saved. And he said, yeah, he got on his knees, he cried, Amen. he surrendered. Me and my wife lay hands on him, Amen. prayed on him. And he was a he was a different George, you know what right. I mean? He was just filled with life, you know? And- um, The gift you just gave his parents knowing uh, that they're gonna see And they didn't know, and, they didn't Amen. know. So when, uh, at the wake, yeah. they, they called me up to speak and they didn't know 
he was saved and no. was worried about that. He's going to go into a lake of fire. He's not yeah. saved. And I was able to share that with them and it made it. Oh, day, yeah. You know? So they were so pumped about it. And um, I knew that God was doing something mightily with George because when I tried to get the occupancy, they said, I need a handicapped bathroom. I said, oh, man. So I have to get back to you. And I said, I, I don't got the funds for this. You know, um, so he says, um, he said, don't worry. He said, we're going to YouTube it, brother. <laughs> we, we, you, I said, what? I said, I said, do you know anything about construction? He's like, no, but we're going to figure it out. Good. And he did. Amen. He's like, we need plywood. We need this. And he gave me a list of things and what he needed. He was like a little kid in the carnival yeah. when they came to serving. Right. You know, his serving skills was different. I seen people that serve with an angry heart. Yeah. They serve a church, a church because they feel that they have to. Mm-hmm. So, so, so you don't got that, you don't got that godly scripture in your heart, you yeah. know, engraved in your heart. It was different, but his energy was biblical mm-hmm. daily. You know, even though he didn't know the scriptures, yeah. he moved like he knew the Bible inside out. Yeah. Just his his heart was just filled with love. You know, Amen. and uh, when we start building and um, we start putting stuff together, we call the occupancy back. It got approved. Nice. <laughs> and they got it, but because of George, yeah. our first year, we brought in over 3,000 young adults Amen. and was able to get them off the streets with housing, Amen. programming, halfway houses, detoxes, Amen. transport them to work. So this is a, a program that wanted to put together yep. to, to find out what works. You know, right. So we didn't go out... We, just go out and have a plan set up. Right. We didn't have, we didn't even know what a nonprofit was. Right. And so the, the mayor, I get an email from my phone yeah. and it says from Mayor Florentini's yeah. uh, from the office. So I tell my wife, I said, honey, I just got an email from the mayor. I said, this got to be a secret indictment. <laughs> Something's not right, you know? She's like, are you crazy? I said, listen, I, I never been involved with anyone's political period. Yeah. I said, cops hate me. <laughs> I yeah. said, so we just don't have that connection. So, so many people told me, Jesus, don't go, don't go. I'm telling you, it was like, you're a convicted felon. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's not going to end up good. And I prayed, and um, the Holy Spirit led me to go. Amen. Told me to go. Don't worry about what people think. So I That's prayed right. that the Holy Spirit be in the room when I get in. So it was just a room full of like the chief of police, captains, mayors, um, state reps. It was just people who served the community. And when the chief came in, he's like, with all due respect to anyone that's in here, um, I'm only interested in what Jesus has to say. We need help to clean up the streets. We need help to get kids off the streets. This was when, let them rest in peace, this when Nike passed away. This was that same week. And they said, um, you was out there praying for kids. Kids were your name was ringing bells all over the school. And I said, who's Jesus, you know? Yeah. And um, they found out who I was because I was preaching in the park. Okay. And somebody went live and they shared me. Yeah. So I had like mayors reaching out, the police, DYS, you know, and I didn't do it um, for fun, you know, because I needed something. I just did it because I wanted them to know how much God loved them, Amen. you know? Because a lot of times we're always looking for that love, for that acceptance, for that excitement. And we end up going and receiving that from the wrong people, the people that were users, the people that will put a battery in your back to mm-hmm. go back to the streets and get lost, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to touch with somebody. There's somebody that already died for you. Yeah. They died for you because That's they loved right. you that much. But how many times you hear that in the streets? Yeah. Yo, I will die for you. No, brother. I know somebody that already did, That's <laughs> you right. know, That's that already right. did. And he proved it to me Amen. before it was even thought of, Amen. you know? And when I, I share these with 
the guys and George, yep. he was telling me that same excitement because yep. George was like, I don't believe in God. I believe in money. Yep. You know, that's what I'm always after. I said, yep. but how can you believe in something that has more faith than you? That's right. He's like, what do you mean? Hmm. I said, show me a $20 bill. So he shows it. I said, and what does it say? It's like $20. I said, no, it says, in God we trust. Amen. Everything already <laughs> belongs to him. That's Everything right. with you. So when you believe in something that has more faith, that's when it opens the eye. For nice. So he started, he wanted the Bible. He started going into it awesome. and doing his research in his own home. Because yeah. he's like, I want you to read it to me. I said, no, I want you to read it for yourself. Because I can spoon feed you with the wrong information. Yep. I can be a false prophet. I want you to read. But when I do preach to you, you know that my words line up with the word of God. Amen. You always get it through your home. Amen. Amen. So tonight's show is dedicated to George. We can send this out to his family. Um, it'll be on YouTube, Spotify, um, iTunes, and all of that. So uh, may he That's be awesome. resting in sweet heavenly peace. And we know we will see him someday soon. Uh, not hopefully not soon, but we will see. Him. <laughs> Amen. Um, I also want to take a moment to um, thank uh, Officer Danny Sinclair of the Newburyport Police Department and Essex County Outreach for allowing us to track the overdoses in Essex County. Um, overdoses in the Merrimack Valley include Haverhill, Lawrence, Bethune, and North Andover. Just from January of this year to February 2nd, we've had 42 overdoses with three fatalities. In 2022, um, we've had 895 overdoses with 116 resulting in death. That's why we do this show is that we just want to continue to bring prevention and awareness to let people know that there's another way of living in life out there. Um, and the numbers that I present, these are the ones that we have, never mind the ones that are knocking at their house that we don't know about. And these numbers are still um, way too high. Also, I just want to take a moment to thank all our sponsors. Because of them, we are able to have this show. We're able to scholarship individuals into sober living, get them recovery coach certified. So thank you to Alternative Healthcare, Atkinson Flooring, um, Sid Harris of Discovering Methuen, Enterprise Banks, Essex County Outreach, Essex Flooring, the Greater Lawrence Health Family Center, the Haven of Hope, Lawrence Bethune Community Coalition, Meta Addiction Services, Title I Boxing in North Andover, R&R Welding and Fabrication. And as always, we like to thank Costa Broadcasting and the best producer back there, Lou Blazy, who makes all this possible, makes me look good. Although I look very pale tonight, Lou. I don't know anything about that. Um, also, I just want to bring um, to note, you know, um, <clears throat> that if you're struggling with suicide, all you have to do is dial 988. You know, suicide is a permanent um, solution to a temporary problem. And there's always hope out there. Um, Methuen lost a, a young boy this week and um, who just thought that that was the best way out. And he leaves a mom and dad and sister totally broken. And um, last month, January 5th, my sister took her life um, which rocked my whole family's world and it just leaves you. So there's hope out there. There's just dial 988-911, whatever you can. And just um, just keep keep having hope. You know, that's all I keep saying. There's hope. There's a lot of events coming up. Um, this Saturday, MVP ASAP is hosting a huge event over at the Greater Lawrence Technical School on Andover Road. Our series this year is called Heal Your Brain and Your Body Will Follow. We're focusing on different modalities to recovery and treatment um, other than just taking a Suboxone or a methadone or a pill. There's other things that we can all be doing. And once we can take control of our own heads, 
the body will eventually follow. So that's this Saturday at the Greater Lawrence Tech, um, 9.30 to 10. There'll be over 20 resources there. 10 o'clock, the um, event will start. Um, and I hope to see all of you there. And you can find that on MVP ASAP. You can find it on our Facebook page or you can reach out to me. Monday evenings, um, the first Monday of the month, we have resource night at the McDowell Police Department along with Narcan Distribution. On this Monday, I will have Better Life Partners presenting at 6.30. So if you would like to come here about their services, come to Methuen Police Department at 90 Hampshire Street in Methuen. And then always it's followed by the Circle of Hope, which is an amazing uh, family group with Phil Leahy and Fran Leahy. I think you met him as well. Um, and that follows it afterwards. The Phoenix Gym has a full schedule. It's listed on their Facebook page, uh, the Phoenix Gym, Massachusetts. There's lots of classes and opportunities to get involved, so jump all over it. The only requirement is 24 hours of sobriety. On February 11th, there's a Valentine's on Valentine's Day event, and it's uh, a meeting with slam poetry and then a dance following all of that. And that's at 214 Main Street in Nashua, New Hampshire. On February 12th, in your hometown, there's a Super Bowl party at 10 Welcome Street. Not sure what that is. It's the Citizen Center. Okay. Well, yeah. 10 Welcome <laughs> Street. So they got a Super Bowl, sober Super Bowl party. Um, and that's February 12th. If you need information on that, you can reach out to Diana Tail. Um, our weekly happenings are, again, the Circle of Hope, which is a family support group hosted by Fran and Phil. We now have aerobics at Methuen Police Department. Great way to shed some pounds. We have it Tuesdays and Wednesdays, 5.30 to 6.30 in Sanborn Hall with a $10 drop-in fee. And that's enough out of me. I want to get this show rolling because you went from a Latin king to serving our king. And you have such a remarkable story. And, and I know you bring hope to so many. You have helped clean up the streets, not only of Haverhill, but... You're known throughout the world, and you are now a gang specialist educational services. Whoop, whoop, you know, so tell us a little bit about you know the old Jesus briefly on how and then how you got into this line. And then the most important things that blew my mind was when you opened Living the Streets Ministry, you had said on the show before, um, when I had you on, you wanted to do a second segment to it, and that would be kids but not into the gangs but wanting to focus it yep. and that came into fruition i was able to be at your <laughs> opening and uh so god's using you in great mighty ways mm -hmm. i don't want to hear myself talk i want to hear all about you and this young man so take it away guys um it's amazing <clears throat> sometimes i just think back on where i was what i've gained what i've lost mm -hmm. and this is a life experience that I learned through my parents, you know, um, so my mom was a drug dealer, you know, um, my dad was involved with that. Um, and I grew up in a household where I have, I got raised to hate anything that walks with a badge, okay. anything that walks with authority. So, um, and I would see badges kicked out my door and raid my house and remove me to a foster home and my siblings. So I always hated officers because of that. So as I grew up in the DYS system from from DCF, um, it was um, I grew up with a lot of rage and a lot of hate, you know. And um, growing up in that field, what being in DYS made me comfortable. I was more comfortable in jail than outside of jail. Mm -hmm. 
in, in the streets have always worried about when I'm going to get raided, when I'm going to go to jail. What's gonna, you're always constantly worrying yeah. on who's going to be the one to come at me, who's going to be the one to try to take me out. So I always live my, my life day by day, expecting to die every day, but ready for the cause. Yeah. Um, so I lived a dangerous life. You know, when my daughter passed away in SIDS, I just took it to a whole other level. And I know that being with the streets, being with the acknowledgement, because of the way the justice system is, the justice system failed me in many ways. Because yeah. I didn't have no help in DYS at all. Yeah. It was just like, I, I was just a talking number to them. So I didn't have that help and guidance, right. like the way leaving the street does it today. Yeah. We go into the jails, we go into yeah. DYS, and we run circles, we run groups, we pray for the kids. We work, we just got, now we run in a group where we're preparing kids that are in DYS that are going to state prisons. The shootings they're picking up, you know, yeah. and they don't realize what they did, but they were just told to do it, you know. Yeah. So now we're able to help them in that way because a lot of kids, not every kid wants to grow up and say, you know what, I want to be a gang member. That's not what they want. Right. That's something they're forced into because all the doors that are being closed on them. Yeah. And I know because I went through the same experience. So as I'm going, as I'm fighting every day, I'm picking up assault charges. I got like. 16 assault and batteries on police, on police officers. I hated anything with authority, you know? So I said, I have to I have to try to do something different. So as I'm in jail doing my time, um, I had guys that were, I was doing time with guys that are doing life. Wow. And they said, um, Jesus, you gotta come out and make a difference. I said, brother, when I get out, I'm coming right back. <laughs> so when I used to get out of jail, normally, when somebody gets released, they give away their Walkman, their clothes, yeah. their food. I would keep my clothes in intake. I was like, no, can you save that for me? Because I'll be back in six yeah. months. So the officer's like, what the heck is wrong with you, kid? I said, <laughs> I'm not in denial. Right. I'm a drug dealer. This is what I do, you know? So they, the, 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 the correctional officers respected me so much behind the wall because mm -hmm. they knew that I was always real. I was always honest of what my life was. This is what I've been doing since I was 12, you know? Yeah. This is what my mom taught me to do. This is how I feed my family. This is how I feed my addiction. This is mm -hmm. this is what, what makes me safe. But at, in prison, even though I was incarcerated, my mind felt free. And when I was in the streets, my mind felt incarcerated. I felt like I had no breathing room. Yeah. I always had to worry constantly. So this last time, um, I got saved, you know, God wow. spoke to me in a way in Walpole State Prison that wow. it was unexplainable, put it that way, you mm -hmm. know. Um, my wife sends me a verse that says, a woman can be as sweet as caramel or as poisoning as a snake. And I said, that is the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard. I got so, <laughs> I got so angry where where I said, now I'm going to send her a disrespectful verse of the Bible. I never read the Bible. So I go to my next door neighbor that was doing life. Yeah. So I said, uh, I said hey, Jose, I, I need a Bible. He's like, for what? You don't believe in God. And I said, don't worry about it. Just give me a Bible. He says, God's nobody to play with. He was, he was mm -hmm. like, so if you're going to read the Bible, Sometimes you might want to read it for a second. He might not let you go. And I said, brother, just give me the Bible. So when, when he gives it to me, it shocked me. Right. It shocked my whole body where Amen. I dropped it before. Amen. He said, pick it back up. I said, no, it just shocked me, like tasing <laughs> me, you know? And um, so I pick it back up. And as I'm going in my room, he's like, 
what are you trying to look up? I said, I don't even know how to look it up. But my wife sent me a disrespectful Bible, a disrespectful <laughs> verse from the Bible. So I want to send the one back. He said, there's no disrespectful verse in the Bible. I said, yeah, it is. So I showed him the letter yep. that she wrote me. He says, no, brother. That, that's called, um, he says, you feel, you feel that way because of the way you was living your life. You feel convicted. Of the life you were living because i was in the streets i was cheating i wasn't being honest i was living a reckless life you know and um so when i go in the inside my cell right before i get in i asked the, the outreach officer i says how long um i have to be in a gang block because they had me in a gang block 23 hour lockdown one one hour for recreation and he says um you got to be here for a minimum of two years with no fighting if you get into one fight which i don't think you're gonna it's going to be possible for you, but I see you get into a fight the next 90 days. He's like, so I see you doing time here. So I just ignored him, and I walked to the cell, and um, so I'm in there for another 23 hours. So for two days, I didn't even come out for wreck. Mm-hmm. I stood in my room reading the Bible. Like, I couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking coffee, black coffee, but no sugar, no cream, just to stay up. And when I got, as I'm reading it, at the end of my two days, and... I got so angry with the Bible because I'm watching all these testimonies of what God is doing in these people's lives, mm-hmm. how he helped them, he escaped them from Egypt, he guided them, he protected them, and why he's done so much for so many people in the Bible and my life is such a mess. Mm-hmm. Why so many great things are happening in people's lives and my life is such a disaster. Mm-hmm. So I picked up the Bible and I slammed it. And for the first time I spoke to God and I yelled out and I said, if you truly are a living God, Get me out of this cell today. Put me in a regular block and I'll leave everything and follow you. As I finished drinking my coffee and I look through my glass window, I see a captain. A captain normally comes in, signs a book and leaves. He didn't even sign the book. As I'm looking at him, he's walking directly to my cell. And he says, Jesus, pack it up, you're moving. And I just broke down, started crying. He took me out the gang block, put me in another block two two buildings down where I was out all day and my cellmate was a pastor. Wow. So I just surrendered to God, you know, and um I spoke um to my team, you know, to people in the streets, inside the prisons, and just sort of my experience and said, that wasn't you two days ago, you know, so they knew that something happened in my life that I couldn't stop. So I just start having conversations with people in the jail. Hey, what are you struggling with? My wife is divorcing me. So I look up scriptures on divorce <laughs> and I write scriptures, put it in their, nice. bunk, in their bunks. Yep. So we just created a crazy Bible studies in, in one big dorm, which was amazing. It was huge wow. where I had about so many guys. It was between 40, 40 to 45 guys around two tables together, just reading the word of God, you know, wow. reading the word of God, preaching. Guys were getting baptized every week at the nice. chapel's office. That's where I got baptized. <laughs> nice. But it, it was just, it was just amazing what God was doing. But while I'm going through this, I'm going through storms at the same time. Because for me, to come and walk with God was suffering for me. Mm-hmm. Because I can no longer go back to my own life. Mm-hmm. I can no longer build to my own friends. I can no longer build to my family that I love. That's all I've ever known. Mm-hmm. I had to change all that. So to me, it was a suffering moment because I had to sacrifice everything I've ever known. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I learned through scriptures that you got to be uncomfortable to get comfortable. That's right. You know, so we started, I just started a whole new, a whole new movement. And I learned that some things you have to let go, even family, to get right. Mm-hmm. Because you always got a bigger crowd 
to cheer you to do the bad. Mm -hmm. But you got a very small crowd to cheer you to do the good. Yes. And I wanted to create something that was different for when people like me came out. Because when I came out, everybody kept denying me work because of my background, because yeah. of everything that's going on. So right before I get released, two weeks before I get released, um, parole called me. How long were you in for? I did um, total, I did 16 years total. And um, they said, um, when I came out, they're like, you got parole. I said, I didn't even apply. <laughs> I, I said, I didn't even sign up for parole. But for some reason, because every time I go for it, I get denied. Right. So this one time, I didn't go for it, right. and I still got it. Because wow. the jail's overcrowded. So they said, you haven't got one into one incident. A lot of the people inside the prisons look at you as a role model. They 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 had a big vote, to, and they voted me in as senior coordinator for uh, a recovery program in there. So we were just helping guys um, get in shape, get prepared to get released. And when, right before I get released, I get a phone call from the superintendent. They called me down. They said, um, your mother, she's in life support. They ready to unplug her. And I didn't even know she was there, but I had so much, like, I had so much hate towards my mom. You know what I mean? And growing up, and this is something that, um, I know that I had to go receive. So my mom died on Wednesday. They brought me to the wake. Wet, no, on Monday. Wednesday, the same week, my daughter gets hit by a car. Then on Friday, my father dies all in one week. And I'm just praying and fasting, praying and fasting. So the brothers from that I was building with inside the prison, they said, how can you be so calm with all this going on in your life? Mm. I said, because I learned through scriptures that I don't got to fight no more. Amen. You know, God does the fighting for me, That's but right. this is the way I fight, is on my knees and praying. You know, I truly believe in something different. So my wife divorced me while I was in prison, and um, she saw something in me that was different. And um, thanks to the grace of God, I got a second chance to prove to my wife yeah. that I wasn't the same man because she had to protect our kids, you know? Okay. And she was a Christian, I wasn't. So before I go to jail, right before I get arrested, she's like, we have to separate, because um, I'm walking with the Lord and you're not. I said, do I gotta become a damn priest? He's <laughs> like, I'm so angry inside a courthouse, you know, because right? she didn't want me to see the kids and um until I got right, you know, because I was living a dangerous life, you know, and um I really understood that. And while I was in prison, it really hit me when my daughter's birthday was um I was doing a big haul, I was renting a big haul for her and I got raided the day before her birthday. Mm -hmm. So like I destroyed her and crushed her through all that, you know? Yeah. And I know just living living in um in these experiences. So after I came out, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to do mm -hmm. something that that was gonna inspire others. Mm -hmm. But I had to create something different. So Wanda, she's so powerful. She's um she's She's my big reason that I'm here. Amen. You know? She's God, your why. God She's used your her. Why. Yes. God used her yep. to get into my life because I couldn't I couldn't be reached in that way, you know. And um she's so powerful, so amazing. And I always share it that behind every man there's a greater woman Amen. and what they're doing. I hope my husband's listening. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes women don't get recognized for mm -hmm. the work that they do. They're like in the sidelines, you know? And that's one thing that I I was sharing this in one of my sermons that I said, sometimes us pastors, when we preach, we got to sit in the chair and let our wives get behind the pulpit and preach to us. Because sometimes we can serve the world as we're doing work, but we forget about home. Mm -hmm. 
And that's one thing I learned that when I came home and we started leaving the streets, um, I was serving God, mm -hmm. ministry, and my home was last. Yeah. So Wanda's fighting with me. I said, why are you fighting with me? I'm not out there with gangs. I'm not out there with the streets. I'm out here praying for people. She says, why don't you pray for your family the way you pray for them? And we forget it, and it hit me. I mm -hmm. felt like I got incarcerated all over again. You know, it destroyed me in and out. So um, I gave her a big award at a church. It was powerful because sometimes we forget and we keep the ones out of the picture that was there for us while we was in our hardest times. Yeah. And sometimes we get a little bit of shine and we forget who does it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I'm always giving a lot of credit to my wife because of the work she does. You know, yeah. this women needs to be. Um, I think I'm going to have her life. on the show. I'm going to do a show with her. She's she just powerful. ran that empowerment group with the oh, women. It was amazing. And you could see in their faces that these ladies just glowing with yeah. the work that she was doing. So Wanda, get your cal uh, calendar out. I'll be booking you next. <laughs> She's uh, She does great work. I know she, like, does. Like, she gets into the rules. Yeah. She actually wrote a book. She's gone on. She, it's it's not published. Okay. She already wrote it, but she's got a powerful testimony. When she's ready, we'll have her on to public to talk about it. No, definitely, it'll be yeah. amazing. So that was our goal. Our goal is to be prepared yeah. to serve brothers like this. Amen. You know. So who is this young man? How'd you come across him? <laughs> Do we want to know? <laughs> um, hello, my name is Xavier De Jesus, and um, I just to be honest. He works with one of my close friends, Randy Padilla. And um yeah, um he had a ministry, he had a service and um Randy, you know, it went live on Facebook and um yeah, Randy like I grew up with him, you know what I'm saying? And uh, to see him you know, it was different, you know, like he I know Randy he shared his testimony, <laughs> yeah. that's right. To see him open up and like you know, like, just, it, it was just different. And I just, I read, you know, I noticed that I'm like, I like the change, you know, that he was going through and like, I wanted that for myself. So I contacted him and um, I'm like, he told me he's working with Jesus and um, he gave me his number and that's how I contacted him. And um, how long ago? What do you say? Like this was about maybe I would say about a month ago, like a month ago, right? A month ago. And Randy's not a guy to share. Yeah, he's yeah, a guy exactly. that he was a serious kid in the streets, you yeah. know. And um, he's never shared his feelings ever, you know. And yeah. um, yeah. now he has. He's on fire. Came out of jail, but I've been building with Randy for the past four years. Amen. And when every time he goes to jail. You know, we, we, we communicate, we work with each other while he's doing time. Mm -hmm. And when he comes out, he's like, why every time I come out and I mess up and go back and you still help me? I said, I'm not helping you, fool. I'm helping God, don't let <laughs> help me, you know? <laughs> because when I serve, when I help you, mm -hmm. I'm giving back to him for what they gave to me. Mm -hmm. Because I know that when I was in your shoes, I didn't get that help. Yeah. But I got it from him the day that I surrendered. Mm -hmm. And um, so he came out, I got him, he didn't have, he was on federal probation, so I got him into some housing, I got him some housing, um, I, I got him some work, you know, to get lined up. Um, my wife works with his wife that um, she's pregnant, you know, um, and he's having his kid, so Wanda's helping out with housing with the RAF program to get nice. him involved in their own settings, and Randy's like, 
how come you never invite me to church? I said, because I don't force the Bible on nobody. And that pushes people away. I built a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. When you feel that God's speaking to you through me, you'll tell me. Mm-hmm. And I've learned through a lot of people that a lot of people in ministry and mm-hmm. churches, they force the Bible on people mm-hmm. and it pushes mm-hmm. them away. Mm-hmm. You got to let God work in them. I just want to be in your life, whether you're having a good day, bad day, or worse day. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted, um, so when Randy shared it, I didn't even know. I was just going to preach. He's like, Jesus, you got to let me share my testimony. <laughs> just came out of nowhere. That's not Randy's. I said, like, all right, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, and that's all my help. Yeah. So, like, that kind of inspired me, you know, to, like, contact them and try to, like, I don't know, because I'm kind of, like, I kind of went through the same thing Randy did, you know, like, getting incarcerated and coming home and getting incarcerated again. And, you know, I just, I don't want that for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to like, you know, do things differently and um, yeah, just um, build a better future. Good for you. You know, Mm -hmm. stop the generations of generations of over and over. And it stops with you, you know? I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Follow his footsteps, and you know you're gonna be fine. That's the conversation we just had coming here. You know, I said, "What would the average person think when he walks in an organization Mm. with a hat, do rag, cut up pants? They Mm. think the worst. You know, that's what they thought with me when I first came out of prison. And I know that at our location, it's all love. It's all welcome. You know, as soon as you walk in, we have." whole wall of cosmetics we got a whole wall of food mm-hmm. we got coffee we got anything you need it doesn't matter and it's all free you know so we come and when randy sends me his number when he reached out to randy i said um send me his number so he sent me his number i called him the next day had him come down to the center and we sat there for hours mm-hmm. you know on just building relationships and um the relationships that were bringing him down or holding him back things that we had to cut loose. So you yeah. gotta, like I told him, you have to remove anything that doesn't work. Keep yeah. close anything that does. It's hard because sometimes the ones you have to cut off are the ones that you love. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know? Right. but sometimes it's a love that is toxic. Mm-hmm. It's a love mm-hmm. that's just not right, you know? And you have to remove that so you can create a new love, yeah. genuine right. love, a love where they're just calling you to say how you doing. That's right. They're not calling you to come over here and shoot up this house. Right. Or come mm-hmm. over here and yep. and, they, and we got beef and we got war here. Like, no, nah, they're just calling you genuine yeah. just to see how you're doing. Yeah. Because that's the type of love I want to see. You know, it's the love that that are just calling you just, just to be in your life, mm-hmm. just to be involved. And that's the relationship I have with Randy. That it doesn't matter if he was struggling, he would call me. If he was doing good, he would call me. Mm-hmm. Because he knew I never judged him. I, if I could make a career out of all the jobs I've got Randy, you know, because, <laughs> because he's like, it's all like a fire again, you know? And uh, I'm like, don't worry, it's not your fault. He's like, how do you know? I said, I know it's definitely your fault. But I tell you that as a joke to break the ice. Yeah. Because sometimes when somebody messes up a job, they feel scared to go and face that person. Yeah. And this is something I always tell them, yeah. that if something so goes true. wrong in your life, don't worry, I got your back. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you fail, I got your back. We're going to pick you back up and do what you got to do. Yeah. So I don't care how many times you fall. It's how it's how fast you pick yourself back up That's to get right. back on track. Because if you help somebody to recovery, and you, you'll you be their biggest fan because they're sober, they're working the yes. program, yep. they're getting involved. 
they know they'll get that relapse. Mm -hmm. And they feel so ashamed to contact you as much as they want to because you're to them, you're their savior. You know who their savior is, mm -hmm. but to them, you're their savior. You know, mm -hmm. you're the one that rescued them from that. And when they fall, they feel they're so scared to contact you. Yeah, and yeah. that's the conversations I had with George. Yeah. When George, when he got distant, yeah. I kept reaching out. And and when he seen me, he finally seen me. He finally came to the center. He's like, it was so hard to come here because yeah. I felt like I let you down. I said, brother, I told you the first time we met, don't do that because right. the more you get distant, the more in trouble you're going to get, the more involved you're going to get. And that's is just that, the enemy taking that away that's from it. us. That's, that's it. But it's that, it's that um, mentality, mentality mm -hmm. that goes into your mind. That's why you got to protect your thoughts with the helmet of salvation. Amen. Just because you think something, just because you think something, you don't got to engage in it. Change the channel. Yeah. Renew your minds with something different. The same with the body of armor. We have to protect that. That's right. You know, and we don't fight back physically, but we fight back with the word of God. I give that That's Ephesians right. to all my offices. Yeah. You got to put this on yourself, your kids, everyone. But it's true. <laughs> you have to because what happens when you don't sharpen your sword? That's right. The enemy knows the word. So yeah. if the enemy knows the word more than you, you're going to crash because the enemy can come to you through scripture. And you he can let you to believe that this is God talking. But anything that is in your love, it's not God. That's God right. is love. It's that simple. Amen. So we got to sharpen our sword daily mm -hmm. to make sure we stay on that right track. Amen. You know? Amen. So tell us a little bit about how living, leaving the streets got started. I was most fascinated, again, about you being in Chicago this past year, or 2022, yeah. and, and, and the works that you were doing there. So can you elaborate on those experiences? Um, Chicago called me. They sent me a letter two months ago. I was shocked. They called me. They want me to go back this year as an instructor. Amen. So now they hire me as an instructor to teach 300 graduates who just graduated from the justice system. Wow. So uh, it was, I was shocked to me, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll be back in Chicago again in August awesome. as an instructor, which is amazing. Yeah. It was powerful. And um, so when we started, we started in 2019. Um, in 2019 is when we started the nonprofit, but yep. when we started the mission was in 2016. That's when I came out of prison. Yep. And um 2017, I'm sorry. And um me and my wife just hit the streets. We just hit the streets finding kids that were just involved in stabbing, shootings, involved and we just wanna to do our research. We're serving people in the recovery. We're going underneath the bridges. Yep. We're bringing tents, we're bringing food and I'm, I'm just showing up in my own personal car, just filled with Narcan food. And Wanda will organize all these packages. So we will go and bring packages to like the firefighters, first responders. Nice. We will go to the streets and do outreach. And, um, and is this all in Havel or is it Mary McValley? Mary McValley. Okay. So, so in Middlesex County. So nice. we was doing Haverhill, Lawrence, Methuen, and Lowell. Okay. Um, but when as we're doing the outreach and we're doing because it, it goes everywhere. So we would just park the bus. We even went to Mass Ave in Boston. So we would go wow. and all the youth to take out the a whole bunch of, of donations that we were just getting donations from everywhere, you know? Right. And we we park in Mass Ave, right, right in the hot spot in front of a CVS. And we're giving away boxes of like cosmetics, food. Nice. So I bring a karaoke and I start preaching on the sidewalk. Nice. So the the managers, the CVS, says, "Hey, you can't do that here." And I said, "Why not?" 
He says, because I sell things here and you're giving it away for free. <laughs> so he got so angry because we had the crazy crowd yep. and we're just giving stuff away. And I said, listen, brother, this is donations. We're doing outreach, but this is public, so it don't belong to you. So I'm going to continue. I just grabbed the mic and continue preaching about the enemy and Wallace is serving with all the youth. And um, it was just a blessing just to watch them because they don't experience drug addiction, but they was able to see what they go through yep. so they can know how good they have it. Yep. Because some, some of the kids we work with, they have their dad yep. and mom in their lives, but they don't know how good they got it. Right. They don't know how blessed you are to have that. Yep. I got guys I work with that would give anything yeah. for them to even know who their mother is mm -hmm. because they grew mm -hmm. up in the system. I said, brother, I, I I would have guys that come in will complain so much about their moms. Then their moms will call Wanda thanking her because their kids ain't swearing at her no more. Yeah. They don't swear at us. Yeah. We don't listen to reckless music. And it's a part. Of, and these are kids. Some are, are kids that just suffer from depression. Some that suffer from anxiety. Some that suffer from mental health. Some that are gang involved. But leaving the streets is the bridge. Yeah. It's the bridge to all of that. It's the glue that yes. puts it together. Yeah. And we all serve together. So when I remember when we're trying to figure things out. So we use Common Grounds invited us mm -hmm. to to hold a, a, a support group. Yep. Hey, you can use our room. But they said, um, we just got to run your name by a few different people. <laughs> I said, don't run my name, brother. You're probably following restraining order. I said, <laughs> I said so. So he, he started reaching out. Oh, do you know Jesus? He reached out to Pastor Rick yeah. from Assemblies of God. And that's my pastor for life. Yeah. I love him. You know, he's been... He, he believed in me since the beginning. To this day, he supports the mission. Nice. And um, when he reached out, like, yeah, Jesus is on fire, you know. I wish I had a room to give him and gave us a room and wanted to cook, brought some food. And um, it went from seven, from seven guys to 80 in a month. Amen. And we would, like, when people would come in, you had to squeeze just to get by. Amen. So, um, God put it in our hearts to get a location. So as I'm as I'm walking, um, I see a location for rent. So I said, I'm gonna find out who that is. So that same night, me and Wanda went to a red box across the street. And um, as we get in the red box, I turned around and I saw a kid getting stabbed by another kid no right in front of the location that we wanted to get. Wow. So um, I reached out, um, the city has already contacted me. So mm -hmm. I said, listen, um, if I get a location, would you guys help? He's like, listen, if you get a location, we can't help you get it. But once you got it, we got your back. Yep. We'll make you a sign. Um, I said, how big is the sign I can get? <laughs> they said, you design it, we'll pay for it. Yep. So I'm out there with a tape measure. I haven't even called the people who owned it. So I'm out there with a tape measure, um, measuring the sign. And my daughter's like, Dad, you don't even know who owns it. Right. So there's people in the front, so she's embarrassed, she's in the car hiding. And but when I put my hand on the building and started praying, mm -hmm. I received a message from the Lord that said, Give me all that you have, mm -hmm. and I'll give you plenty of treasures in the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And when I felt those words coming into my heart as I put my hand on the building, I went to my wife and I said, How much money I have saved? They said, Just your truck money, Dad. That's the only thing that's left from your taxes. I was saving money to buy a Dodge Ram. Yeah. Um, so I called the number. They said, yeah, let's meet tomorrow. Let's go meet tomorrow. It was through Four Point Management. So I go, um, we go meet the guy, and he showed us the location. It was 
trash. Mm -hmm. It was like the walls were broken, no ceiling. Mm -hmm. um, the floors were all cracked. It was crazy. And he says, um, you sure you want this? This place is broken. And I see, I said, you see broken walls, but I see broken hearts that are going to be coming in here. I said, yeah. I said, what if I fix it? How much you give it to me for? He's like, if you fix it, we'll give it to you for 900 a month. Yeah. So we took it and um, we didn't even question, but we didn't know about inspection. We, I never right. owned anything. <laughs> it was all, so everything we had to figure out from scratch. And um, Wanda did fundraisers, softballs, yeah. events. And the first event she did was um, a Spanish buffet at the 10 Welcome Street at the mm -hmm. Citizens Town. And it was crazy. It was a full house. It was like people couldn't even sit down no more. Wow. It was amazing. We was already doing the work in the streets without having a location. Yeah. And um, this was going to help us for it. And my daughter wanted to share a testimony. And I said, really? She says, my oldest. Um, she's the one she? that, she's um, 22 now. 22. But back then, she was 19. Mm -hmm. So she says, um, I said, she's like, I have to bet. I feel she's not, she don't like public speaking, none of that. Mm -hmm. But something kept telling her she had to. She says, my father was the first love of my life, mm -hmm. but also the first man that broke my heart. Oh. And I just broke down crying. When I look around, everybody else is crying, you mm -hmm. know. And she says, um, my dad always told me that I will grow up to marry somebody that reminds her of her father. And that's the last thing I wanted for my kids. But my kids have helped out with the ministry so much. Amen. They've been involved. You oh know, my gosh, um, that's so they've awesome! They've been very active, and um, we just went from there to get the locations. Then I met George, and mm -hmm. George was at the fundraiser, and mm -hmm. he spoke. It was an amazing, amazing event. Um, very packed. So we just kept building with no help. We didn't get grants. We didn't get support. We didn't even have a nonprofit. Yep. So when the mayor brought me in, he's like, "It's hey, for me to help you." You need to become a nonprofit. I'm gonna help you how to do that. So the mayor carried me under his wings and he's always had my back. You know what I mean? So yeah. I know people tell me when the after we got the bathroom, right before we got the bathroom, he says, the inspector said, Oh, you gotta cut a hole here so you can have a handicap entrance. It's gonna cost like twenty grand. And he says, I'm not doing that. And um, no, I told him, I said, I'm not doing that. He's like, then I can't approve you. So when he left, I called the mayor told him what happened <laughs> so the mayor he came back like 10 minutes yeah he's like it looks like you know big people in high places he signed it through the paper <laughs> he was so angry but i called the mayor like what do i do he's like don't worry about jesus i'm going there right now and he's always had my back yes, knowing knowing that that, that where i come from mm -hmm. you know we have two different two different platforms you yeah. know and um he's always always any issue i've ever had he's never denied anything He's always had our back faithfully, you know. Um, so You've I'm done very, a lot for his city. You've yeah. done a lot with cleaning up the gangs. And I had a lot of people come to me yeah. to go against the mayor when he was running. I said, yeah. no. I said, that's not me, you know. Yeah. He's been, I, I've always lived the street code of when those that are loyal to you, yeah. you're loyal to them. You know, that's the mayor's right. always had my back, you know, 100%. And um, so I know that I've always had his. So the people that were going against them, I said, that's not who I am. Yep. I said, you got to bring that somewhere else, you know? And um, I've always been loyal when even his own people went against him, yep. you know? The people that he supported, yep. you know? And that's just, that's why I never, that's why doors never closed for me because I've always been loyal because 
I'm loyal to him. That's you right. Know? And uh, so, yeah, so it was, uh, so we started with that, but I learned that I got kids in gangs, but I got kids that are just coming from Haverhill High School yeah. or Constantino. I said, so how do I separate that? So I said, we're going to start with this place, but we need a second place. Yep. So Wanda said, we're going to do Lafayette Square from ages 13 through 17. Yep. Then we're going to do the gang specialist center. That's going to be from 18 and up. Yep. So we had to separate because what happens when you have all that com all that communication in a room? Yep. Kids get gang, gang recruited. They get them involved. They use the younger kids to do crash dummy missions. So we had to separate that. Yep. When you have them all in one room, they use them to do stuff that they don't want to do themselves. So we had to separate the locations, you know? So because of that, um, we had to have a second location and we needed some type of office as in Lafayette Square, we had no time. We'll sit down and do an intake and we get flooded with kids, you know, which is a blessing. It's a good problem. Besides, Sometimes you need your own privacy to get your work done, you know? So that's why we had to get a second location and we just been, um, Fighting and pushing forward, um, trying to keep keep the funds um, for both locations, which was hard. Mm -hmm. So um, we um, had multiple conversations with our board, and we're thinking of um, of closing down Lafayette Square because really? we don't got the funds to cover it. You really? Know? So there, um, we did get some funding that we could only pay for one location. Okay. And we got to use the office because without that location, yep. we can't run anywhere in the streets. So we we can't afford both, you know. So we had it in prayer. We had people reaching out, but it's like um, we did all this work, volunteer for free. We didn't get paid right. for all that. People didn't pay us for this. I worked two jobs. My wife worked the full-time jobs. The last time here, you had to leave to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> I came here from work, That's yo. Right. I, was, I was at work working overnight as yep. a truck driver. Yep. So it's not like like a lot of nonprofits that are in Haverhill, yeah. they or, or anywhere else, you get paid to do what you do. Yeah. I don't get paid, you know. We got paid um, for budget, 50000 and we invested it to the second location so yeah. we can separate this, you yeah. know. So anything that was given to us, that's how we give back. Yeah. That's how come, because a lot of the people that get income, they, they focus more on payroll than they do on serving the community. Yeah. That's why we do so many block parties, so many events. Yep. That's why we're always active in the streets because everything that comes in goes right back out, yeah. you know? And we always both work full-time, taking kids, six kids, you know, we got a big family and mm -hmm. we stay active. But I know that um, our crowd, like last year alone, we broke the record mm -hmm. for, for whole Mary McDaddy getting jobs. We got 302 jobs for at-risk youth. Amen. That's 302 hires. Amen. Not interviews, not orientations, people that went to work. Amen. So with us, it's guaranteed to go to work because 80% of the companies we work with are COVID-friendly. Yep. Then we got the kids that don't got back home. We get them into, into the hospital field, security, stuff like that. But So now our mission now is to seal the records like brothers like this that got records yep. because mm -hmm. after three years we can seal their misdemeanors after seven years we can seal their felonies yep. and that's what we're doing right now is sealing their backgrounds and records stuff that we can seal yep. let's seal it let's get it out the way for when they run you you pass you already did time for that Amen. you shouldn't be looked for that every time you do something you yep. know so that's our mission right now is working with attorneys that we work with in boston yep. to continue helping us seal the records Amen. Really, that's what we work you with. are one busy person i'm no. sad about closing the other we don't facility. want it. i used to even know i'm going to break it to them tomorrow right we just had a board and we got to do what makes sense and we don't want that and um we already had the conversation with them 
I said, we're going to put it in prayer. Yeah. They said, Jesus, if if this closes, I wouldn't know where to go. Yeah. It was like I, like I stopped getting into trouble because this was my home. This right. was my safe zone to come out to. So they offered to to try to pay a budget of uh, the rent for the year. Yeah. I said, we can't do that volunteer again. We've been doing it for four years now. Yeah. You know, we need to get paid to do this, you yes. know? So um, we've been back and forth with the city, but- And nothing. there's no grants available to you out no. there. We've been reaching out, we've been reaching out and supporting grants that can help pay for the location and create a budget and a staff for us. If that was the case, I wouldn't be working two jobs. There's any grant writers out there listening to the show tonight, help. Please help. Absolutely help us. Because <laughs> this is a ministry that has changed the city of Haverhill, that has changed throughout the United States. The, the crime rate we got, I think, from the chief of police because of leaving the streets, the crime rate dropped 33%. All right. You know, because we got surveillance all over, yeah. outside and inside. Yeah. So we're able to zoom into license plates if there was ever yeah. a kid that got kidnapped or an accident or something happened, yeah. a hit and run. We got surveillance. We got 10 cameras. We got five outside and five inside. Right. So so we got angles to every corner. Right. That's how come, like, everything around it, the crime rate has dropped tremendously because the right. kids... The kids and guys that were getting into trouble were the same ones we were sending to work. And we right. don't just get them a job. We transport them back and forth to work nice. for the first two weeks, you know, yep. because it's easy to get a job. But how they are going to get there? You know, not, not every kid we work with, their parents got cars. Mm -hmm. So we used the passenger van that yep. one to raise money for to I do it. Then that. we got the big bus. Yep. That one of my friends, he wanted to decorate the inside. It looks like a party bus. <laughs> so this, that's what we use for interventions. Yep. So people that are struggling in recovery, we, we drive to their houses. Mm -hmm. They come inside. We find out they need a detox. We get um, care packages. We get mm -hmm. clothes. We get cosmetics. Um, Narcan, they need it. And that's the same bus we use mm -hmm. to bring people to recovery homes, housing units. Because there are a lot of guys that don't want to come out to the community because they're struggling, you know, they're yep. beat up, they're, they're just going through the roof, you know, so we come to you yep. and, and we do the the intakes right in person. Right. So until I park in front of the house, they come inside, we do the intake, and it's a blessing. It's a bus that's just filled with, with just love, you Amen. know, so Amen. it would definitely crush us. I know I, I have to break it to the youth tomorrow. Um, so our goal is to give our notice this month. Yeah. Our last 30 days, and we'll be out of there by March 1st. Wow. Because we've been reaching out, and we haven't got no help to help us um, create this budget. Wow. I'm going to so pray big it, on this. It, it's been tough. It's yeah. kind of crushed me because we started that place from the bottom up, yeah. and it has touched thousands of lives, know. you know, thousands. We were serving 650 families a week with just food. Right. Never mind the young adults for jobs and the gangs and the dialogues that Wanda was putting between active gang members and gang unit police officers. Yeah. Wanda just did one last month. So when she did this dialogue, you can see, you can hear a pin drop. Mm -hmm. So the cops are looking at the guys, the guys looking at them. We have Randy, Randy was there for that. So right. they just see badges on one side and you got a whole bunch of youth. So it was about maybe, I say 24 kids. Yeah. And um, they didn't know why we put this together. Right. But they're like, we don't trust them, but we trust you. You know, so if you tell us to come, we won't be here. Nice. And the dialogue wanted to put it together because she wanted me to share on why I hated authority so much. Yep. What happened in my life. Yep. And the same thing that happened in my life happened in their lives. So we got to understand that they walk with a badge that becomes our enemy. 
yeah. especially being in the game. But we got to know it. It's when the officer said, when kids started sharing, they said, why are you guys abusing authority? It was, uh, it was like, you can't judge one officer for many different things. Right. Like, I can't judge. Mm -hmm. I can't, because I didn't believe in gangs. He's yeah. like, but Jesus made me a believer. Made me believe that things can change. Yeah. Guys can change. Yeah. So he says, I just want to make your home safely. Yeah. That's it, you know. And when he said that, that opened her eyes to a lot of the kids that were there. Like, yo, I never, I always looked at you guys with hate. And this is Randy. He says, yeah. but this opened my eyes knowing that you just want to make your home safely the way, the same way I want to. Right. So sometimes, yeah, they have their gun on their side and they're speaking for that, but they don't know the action because a, a, a traffic violation can turn into a crazy shooting, yep. you know? So you, you never know what's going on. Like, yep. I'm going to give you an example. Um, one of my youth was driving and he asked me, hey, it's 12 o'clock at night. Somebody asked me for a ride. I said, don't do it. Um, give me his information. I'll pay him my Uber. They're like, why not? Um, because he wanted to do outreach like me. Yeah. I said, but you got to be safe. What happens to pick this kid up? He's got a gun on him. You yeah. get pulled over. Now you're going for conspiracy. Yeah. And you're at 12 o'clock at night. Everybody's suspect at that time. Yeah. So if you get pulled over, you can get arrested with him. And then um, he's like, all right, I'm, I'm just going to call him back and tell him I'm not going to do it. But I knew he was going to go pick him up. Mm. He picks him up. When he picks him up, he gets to the red light, he gets pulled over. What happens is he thought the cop was just racial profiling him, but it was that the guy that, that called, it's my friend for the ride, he just beat up his girlfriend. Oh, so the cops were looking for him for, for, for the domestic violence. Yeah. But he was in another house that his girlfriend told him he was at. When they showed up, the girl was all beat, you know, and, but my yeah. friend didn't know that. When he gets in the crib, they surround the car, and this was in that movement where the George Floyd thing was going on, you oh, know, and um, so it got crazy. So he's calling me from the police station. I can hear him yelling. So I said, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I get up. We go bail him out. And um, after I go post his bail and I come back and um, he comes sees me in the morning, he's like, oh, they were just being racist. He's like, but it was crazy. One police officer, after they put me in, in, in my own cell, he's like, I yell out and I said, one day you're going to have to answer to God. And one of the officers says, you're right. He's like, and the officer had a Bible on him. Yeah. So he took out his Bible. He's like, and the officer kneeled down in front of my cell and just started, he puts his hand on his yeah. glass and started praying for him. Yeah. So when this whole movement where they thought it was one thing, so I went to Chief Stone, we had a meeting and said, listen, this was a racial profiling. I said, how are we going to fix this? And so he looked at the video and the cause and found out that it was the opposite. So he had the, actually the head captain that, that was on duty went directly to Rob and apologized to him, Amen. but told him the real situation. And this communication, these dialogues that Wanda puts together, she does it every 90 days. This is how we build together yep. to diffuse situations that's yep. going on in the community. And that's, the whole because, thing and that's how it is. You know, it's, it's keeping the peace. How do we do it? Not work together, but build relationship where we're at peace. Yep. You know, where, where instead of a gang rival or big water break out, yeah. where that, that's going to go with both both sides and it can end up really ugly. But how do we diffuse it without situations? Yeah. So leaving the streets is like the bridge to remain that peace between both sides. If there's a situation, let's resolve it this way so that there's no arrest, there's nobody being charged. We can keep a, a lot of guys' records clean. And this is how we work with these relationships, the same way we do with the schools. Yeah. How many kids has been charged right. from the 
something bad in me. These kids are 12, 13. They're already destroying their records because they're, they don't know one of those situations, so they just charge them. They send them to court. So now they use leaving the streets to build with these guys after school. So we know if you had a bad day inside the school. So we know school contacts us. Hey, this guy got yeah. into a fight. He did this. Yeah. So we already know as soon as he comes to the center what we got to talk about and Amen. work on. So working together, building relationship between all sides, right. it takes a village to yeah. help one child. I and this right. is how we do it together, you know? So if there's families out here listening, right, and the gang members try and recruit anyone, and a mom and dad is naive to this, what would be something like that a parent would look for that their son was being recruited? Um, clothing. You know, okay. clothing. Um, sometimes a lot of kids are asking for specific colors, okay. and they look for clothing online on what they're asking for. Sometimes they want to join a gang of the kids that's bullying them at school. Okay. They'll join the opposite gang that they're in so they can go to war with them. That's how it starts. Okay. But sometimes if your kids are asking for repeatedly the same color, yep. that's the gang he's either already involved with or thinking about joining. Okay. Also, if they look on our Mad Podcast that we do every Wednesday yep. night at 6, Wanda shares team tips. Nice. She was sharing team tips because kids were overdosing. So she shares how kids talk nowadays. Yep. So when a, a kid was talking about that he was going to buy some gummies, they re she really thought it was like gummy yeah, bears from yeah. the store, but it was the drugs he was buying. So when she was watch watching Wanda's podcast, she um, searched the room and found a big bag of it. Oh, and this kid's only 12. So he calls me. He's like, Jesus, I can't stand Wanda. She did a podcast. My mom found all my stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, um, right, yeah, he was so, so <laughs> mad at me. And I said, this is going to save your life. Amen. They love Wanda. Yeah. She's like their mom, you know. Yeah. And But we do this. They don't understand it, but we do this to save their life because they can get stuck in that, you know. Yeah. And, and one day you're not going to feel it and you're going to go into something else. Mm -hmm. So I would always say inventory them, you know. You have to inventory your child the way you inventory a warehouse, you know. Yeah. You got to find out why is he in his room so much. You got to investigate in your kids. Check their phone call. <laughs> Who are they calling? Who are they going out? Because a lot of kids are sneaking out at night, you know, yeah. and they don't, they don't really see it, but you think they're playing PlayStation in their room. Mm -hmm. Another thing is when you order something for your kids on your phone, log out of it because a lot of kids been using their mom's cards yep. to order a whole bunch of their stuff, yep. even narcotics that yep. they were getting on loan. So wow. these are all team tips that wherever if there's something that that one of the shares on the podcast, and if there's something you need or are stuck and don't understand, reach out to us. You can wow. call us at our office line at 978-478-6828, or you can email us at Leaving the streets ministries at gmail.com and Wanda replies within hours. Amen. So, Amen. You know, well, so this has been a great show. I thank you both for being here. I could stay for hours. I really could because you just you have so much information. And again, you're just such a positive force for everyone in this community. Thank you. So um thank you both for being here. No I am gonna have your wife on. Because I do want to, yeah, I want her on with me. It'd be awesome. A girls' night out, definitely. And um, <laughs> all this information, um, so these podcasts, they will be on iTunes, Google, Spotify, okay. so you can attach them to your website. Okay. If anyone out there, if you have any questions in regards to um, gang awareness, any type of ministry, or if you're very wealthy and you want to give to something, 
the work that this man has done, he has received awards. Um, he is very well known for the work that he's doing, and especially right now in dark times where we need his light. Please, uh, if it's pulling on your heartstrings, make a donation to Leave in the Streets Ministry. Help us to keep this, them alive, keep them going, because uh, they are you are making a difference. So. Um, so until then, I think you guys will see Phil Leahy in two weeks. I'm not sure who his guests are. But uh, thank you to all those who tuned in tonight. And again, thank you both. And we'll see you soon. Until then, good night and God bless. God bless. Thank you.